welcome to Dating in the City, Season 6. We're the Conti sisters, matchmakers and co-founders of Matchmakers in the City, an old-school personal matchmaking firm headquartered here in Los Angeles, regularly featured on Access Hollywood, Forbes, Relevant Radio, and more. We've been celebrity matchmakers for 10 years, and now we're spilling all of our secrets about love and relationships to you. Hey, you guys, and welcome to Dating in the City. I'm Alessandra Conti. And I'm Christina Pineda. And we're so excited to be with you guys here today. Oh, Christina, how are, how are you all the way in Nashville? Yes, doing well, doing well. How about you, Alessandra? You know what? I'm doing well. I feel like it's been such a chaotic few months for me, but I feel like I'm finally just feeling really peaceful. And I feel like I'm kind of coming into my season, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like I'm blooming. I feel like, like my branches were a bit bare for a second there, but now I feel as though I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm like about to bloom, you know? So are you ready to be the diamond for this I'm ready to be the diamond of the season. I'm so ready. You guys, for those of you that know and that don't know, um, that is a reference to Bridgerton, um, which is the best show. I, but I will say this season is honestly triggering me so much. So I had to kind of like pause midway. Um, (laughs) But Christina, you watched the first episode though. Yeah, I had to bribe Dan into watching it with me. Dan's your husband, Dan's your husband. Let the viewers know. I had to deal with some annoying things that day. So I said, in repayment, you have to watch this with me. And this is the kind of bartering in a marriage that I just feel our <laughs> listeners should really just take note of. How did you like it? Please give me your give me your views. Well, I guess I'll say what Dan had mentioned. We had watched Sanditon together, which is Sanditon was Jane Austen's last incomplete, incomplete novel. She was writing it as she was as she died, as she was dying. It's really good though, and they created a masterpiece theater created a season of that, and now they just started and started did a new season as well. But it the first season got really bad reviews, but they still get, did a, are doing a second season. And Dan had said, I. I liked that so much more than this Bridgerton. And I felt the same way. There's, it's just so funny because I don't know why, but all of these shows recently are using Material Girl, that song, that Cinder, all these bad things that I, I hated that movie. I hate it, but that movie Cinderella, I had similar complaints about. They all, they used, Material Girl and this used Material Girl. And I'm just wondering, are the rights free for Material Girl? Okay. <laughs> that was the opposite take that I thought you would like of all the things you could possibly say. I'm I'm really no, shocked it, it, that that would be your biggest but, takeaway. No, and I'm not um, saying that I didn't say that I hated it. It's just I did, I do Jane, when I when you're someone who studied Jane Austen and know the truth about the history of that period and it just everything. It's so hard to watch something that's totally inaccurate of that period. And also as a matchmaker to watch a guy getting out of bed and it it is X-rated getting out of bed with this woman and then a prostitute. And they show that and then going on and trying to find his wife and then actually falling in love with a woman who is just, it's just so it's the whole. It's convoluted. Everything that I yeah. Hate, everything that Wait. isn't true. That <laughs> I know. Yeah. If I you know. think in movies these things happen in real life, if women just hang on to or try to change the guy who's sleeping around with prostitutes, it's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah. So it just it irks or me and goes it, or goes with that caustic chemistry. Right. It's going to be a really like that. We mm-hmm. talked. It's going to be a really tough marriage. Because that's the thing. It's like that kind of level of attraction is beautiful in in the dating phases. But then once you get into the marriage, it's like, 
oh my gosh, stay away. Like that's where the dating phase is also. No, I know. I tried that. I know. (laughs) Wait, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. When I was in college, (laughs) I was the smartest person in the class. And I don't mean to be just, I don't, Okay, I was the most outspoken. I was person the smartest in the person in the class. <laughs> well, you I did go to Oxford. Outspoken. I know, but I was raising my hand all the time. I was always had to counter things that a guy would say. That did not bring me anywhere in terms of dating. And I'm not saying that it was bad that I was vocal. I love that I was vocal. Yeah, in you class. were bold. I love that. It's That's class. wonderful. But if you are think I thought that because I was instructed by these movies that the more you do things like that, the more guys are gonna flock to your door. Oh god. <laughs> and it definitely turned them away. The uh, wrong ones. You know what? It turned the wrong ones away because Dan, <sighs> if he was in one of my college classes, he would have loved me still. Of course. He would have been like, this is such a cool woman who speaks her mind. Exactly. But I but I also think <laughs> but no, it but I serve me in college. I, well, you dated pretty well in college. I mean, let's be real. You were dating only frat presidents. Yeah, but frat they weren't in presidents my classes. Only. They were not in my classes. These were guys who didn't really know me. <laughs> I know, but I also, though, I don't know. I think that being outspoken when it comes to either work or class is totally beautiful and amazing. Oh, I'm not saying but that I, it isn't. But no, no, no. But I get what you're saying. I think that that pushback on everything, like challenging every single thing that somebody says is exhausting when it comes mm-hmm. to a relationship or constantly being in competition with each other. It's exhausting. And no, it's just not... I think it just goes back to that caustic chemistry because that is one, like those are like twin flames. That's a lot of times what a lot of people refer to them as um, twin flames. And it's kind of like these two people that are both fire and it's like fire and fire and everyone in their, like the theory is that everyone will meet a twin flame in their lifetime. Mm. And a majority of the time, while this person, there's more chemistry with them than probably than a majority of the population to actually marry them um, would be like, like a bomb, you know, it would just, this is not, even though somebody could be your quote unquote twin flame, it doesn't Mm. necessarily mean that this is the best long-term relationship. I remember I date coach about Sorette who left her marriage. She was in a marriage. It was terrible. It was a really horrible marriage. Um, and she, but she met her twin flame immediately after they slept together. She got pregnant and he turned out to be horrible. Like she thought this was her be all end all her soulmate. It was her twin flame. I remember her telling me during a date coaching session, this is my twin flame. Like I have met him. This is my, my, she thought it was soulmate slash twin flame, but then he ended up being a narcissist and, um, just be, they just totally butt heads on everything all the time. Um, and then they ended up, they were never even married, but she ended up having the baby. She had to move away. And now she's so happy because she got it. Like she, she had to hit rock bottom and then build her way back up and kind of realize like, oh my gosh, what did I do? And now she's like super into her faith. Actually, she's really leaned into um, spirituality and her faith and, um, and has just come to this peaceful place. And she's now married, um, married and, and hasn't just had another baby actually oh, wow. with her, with her husband. That's so crazy. yeah, like I'm so proud of her, but this was not without like kind of this story of this kind of cautionary tale of marrying or of sleeping with your twin flame thinking that this is a maybe forever situation. Um right. but anyway, obviously that's also why time Truth and time tells all, as the great Justin Bobby once said, as we always quote. But anyway, okay. So move, but Christina, did you, I wanted you to watch it because I wanted you to appreciate his dating strategy of like, I just thought it was so I thought it was funny. His, his quote about what he was looking for was hilarious. Yeah. What was it? Like what was, it was like, yeah. Something about tolerably 
tolerably smart or so I, I forget what it oh was to, not dull or so funny. <laughs> it was just a really funny way so to funny. describe what you're looking for I wish more people <laughs> had that low standards I know right <laughs> but they were at low standards Christina they were such high standards he had they had to have every single quality like mm, anyway but they were it was just it was just these basic yeah things and it was just a checkbox thing that's why it's well we once we had a client that remember he would go on dates and he would interview all the women just like that it's not and that's why just like that when you're in this journey ready for love you need to be all in and give so first of all give up that list mentality have those inter- five internal qualities that we always talk about that the most most at the core important things that you want your future person to possess everything else that needs to be just something that you're learning more about that person but the second thing is you can't have something going on on the side and be sleeping around on the side as you're looking for your future wife It doesn't work. Believe me, we've worked with clients who've tried to do that and it doesn't work. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that also um, it's just for even this generation, a lot of guys I had even, um, I was just uh, date coaching some 31 year olds um, okay. Can you talk yeah. about this? The 31 going on 13? <sighs> 31 going on 13. So I was working with, um, I was working with a bachelor that I was date coaching and he was just, um, you know, just kind of telling me about his dating life and yeah, like, you know, I'm, you know, I'm sleeping with this girl. I'm also sleeping with this girl. Like, cause I'm like, Oh, so tell me about like, what's the current status? Like what's the status quo right now? He's like, yeah, like, you know, this, this, and I just met a girl and I'm, I'm like kind of excited about her. Like, it's weird for me that I'm excited about her, but like, yeah, I don't know though about labels. And like, I'm just trying to be like open right now. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm just so, I, I was, you know, I was internally thinking and I kind of verbally said, said to, said to him, you know, it's so fascinating that, you know, cause he's just a date coaching. He's not doing a full-blown membership. He just wanted to work on his attachment style and figure that out. Um, but you know, I, I just thought, wow, this is so fascinating because we work with so many women who are 30, 31, 32, 33, like early thirties, late twenties, even late twenties, early thirties. And they're just at such a different point than this bachelor. And he was like talking about his friends as well. And this bachelor was an attorney, And you know what I mean? It's not like he was some dunce. Like he's like, yeah. And then my friend, he's a doctor. He's yeah. He dates the same way too. Like he's, you know, on Tinder, on, you know, all these apps and just meeting a ton of women. And so, yeah, I mean, I just, I brought it up to you, Christina, when I, after the session, because I was just like shook and I was like, whoa, like this is, this is pretty, this is pretty intense. I'm like, not to throw him under the bus or anything, but I just feel like it's, there's such a huge difference between a 31 year old man or that type of, there's a breed of 31 year old men that are kind of like this or in their early thirties men, they're still in that frat phase kind of, but then we also, you like, Christina, what do you have to say about that? Well, I was thinking instead of, because it's hard to compare men versus women, because there are some women who are still doing things like that in a different way, because it affects that lifestyle affects men and women very differently Mm -hmm. because we're wired differently. But I wanted to say to any men who just to, to repeat what I was talking about earlier is if you, you can't go deep if you're doing, if you're dating around and sleeping around like that, you will not go deep with anyone and going deep is where the real joy and satisfaction and pleasure and, and just beauty is. But Mm -hmm. if you keep things on the surface, you're, you're not, you're never going to get to those, those really beautiful places. Mm -hmm. So I want to, even from a, a, a perspective of you're doing yourself a disservice by 
by giving yourself everything that you might want immediately. It's not going to ever bring you joy. You're going to feel feel empty and you're going to feel like something's missing. So the only way to do that is to take a step back and realize, okay, look at my dating behavior. This is going to keep me single for my whole life. And I won't, I may not have kids. I may not have, yeah, you might have to there are different struggles with any walk of life that you choose. But if you, if you want to do to really have a satisfying life, you have to step back from that lifestyle and stop doing those things. And if you want to meet a woman who really excites you, and if you want to treat her with respect, that is, you have to stop doing those things. But a lot of guys will say, oh, but you know, when it's the right woman, then I won't do that. That's why I hated that Bridgerton thing because it lets that, that narrative play out and think that, oh yeah, they, he can stop sleeping around with the prostitutes as soon as he meets the right woman. That's the right, those addictions. It's the right person myth. It's right. the myth it's the right of the person. right person. Exactly. The myth of the right person. You won't when recognize say, her. Yeah. You won't recognize her if you're dating like that and she won't want to be with you. You won't be in this. You won't even meet her. Yeah. You won't be hanging around in the same places if you're like that. That's why it's important for, for when I'm date coaching women too, that to stop going to certain places that are not being fruitful for, if you're like, if you want to meet your future husband, there are places to avoid. Don't go to Wally's. To... <laughs> <laughs> Where I go like all the, all the time. I'm not, I mean, I'm, you know. Well, but, for some women yeah, that could be know. clubs. If she's expecting to yeah. meet her future husband at a club, it's not going to ha- not going to happen in most cases. Yeah. yeah. So that, and for men too, but that's why your question of, oh, well you, that is what, Sowing your oats while you're young is the is not preparation for meeting your future wife. It's going to take you so far away from that goal. You'll have to do a lot of work on yourself, on healing those broken relationships, on healing those wounds that you've you've inca- you've caused on women and you've caused on yourself. And you'll have to deal with the repercussions of that in your future relationships. Even if you do get past it, you'll have to deal with those memories Mm -hmm. and there's addictions that go along with it. So there's a lot of baggage that you need to just stop now, (laughs) go to confession and do a new life. That's what my recommendation would be for that bachelor or for anyone else who's in his situation. Yeah. I mean, I, and I also think that there's a different sowing your oats. Like you can sow your oats by go by bringing women or girls, uh, like if, you know, whatever age you are by dating and like, that's okay to date and like women, yeah, bring different women out in a respectful manner, in a Mm -hmm. respectful manner. And because I always use the analogy that the way that it's like a rehearsal for a play, like if you're rehearsing and the LA analogy, you know, if you're rehearsing for a show or a play, you know, what you, the, the, what, what you rehearse is going to ultimately be how the show comes out. So if you're doing, if you're rehearsing and in all the rehearsals, you're, you know, messing up your lines and you're, you know, cursing, or you're just like being obstinate, or if you know what I mean, like, this is part of the analogy, obviously you're when the play comes out and it's a Broadway show, it's not, it's going to be closed. You know, you're going to close it down after one show. Whereas if you rehearse, and even if this is not the quote unquote right woman or the woman that you are wanting to spend the rest of your life with, you want to rehearse so that when she does come, you're ready and that you have practiced and that you're respectful and that you can feel, you know, good about the way that you've dated in the past. Yeah. Um, and you, you feel worthy, yeah. not in a way of, not in a mm-hmm. privileged way, but yeah, I, I am excited to be with this woman. I don't feel mm-hmm. like she's totally out of my league, which you yeah. would, if you're doing these shenanigans. And that also goes into the, um, the self, the, the self-love element of this all, because in order to actually love somebody else, you have to love yourself. And if you don't love the behaviors that you've been doing, you're not going to love yourself. Like Mm -hmm. if you don't, if you are just 
being a, a, a an F boy or a terrible person, you're going to have a, a lot of a hard time accepting love. Um, and you're going to then just keep chasing these, you know, these people that don't want you. And that's very unfulfilling ultimately, but anyway, okay, let's go into, we got really deep, really intensely, like before we even went into our first segment. So let's go into our first segment, Christina. Stars. They're just like us. In this segment, we discuss the top relationship-related stories in pop culture today and how to apply them to you in real life. Okay. So, um, Jason Oppenheim reveals that, and this is from Us Weekly because I now do a weekly show with Us Weekly called Us Weekly Love Lives. You can find it on YouTube. Um, but Jason Oppenheim reveals where he stands with Krishal Strauss after their split. In real life, can someone change their mind about not wanting to have kids? So basically, Jason Oppenheim um, and Chriselle, um from Selling Sunset, they broke up. They had this kind of whirlwind romance, and it just ultimately ended because he didn't want to have kids. And he was pretty upfront mm. with that in the beginning, but for whatever reason, I haven't seen this, this season of selling sunset, but I'm sure that they really liked each other and they were drawn to each other, which is why they started dating. So, um, the whole not wanting to have kids thing though, was ultimately the, um, the nail in the coffin. So can someone change your mind about not wanting to have kids? Christina, what do you think? I always say to, when you start dating someone and, especially when that relationship label is put on, it is very difficult for anybody to change. And then especially when you get when you're married, all bets are off. Mm -hmm. So I really would avoid if people can change about not people can change their minds about kids on their own. You don't want a missionary date them and missionary dating is, can be with something like kids too, even though you're not trying to convert them to a religion, you're trying to convert them to your opinion of wanting, of wanting to have children. So it's never a good relationship dynamic for someone to be trying to convince someone to do for a, a major major marriage, kids, religion, those things. Christina, and also on a wildly practical level. You have a child. Imagine being oh. with somebody that doesn't want a child or that doesn't you are want right. help. You like, are right. On the most practical level, like you need somebody that actually really wants to have a child or mm. kids. Like that th- that really is dedicated to that. Because even when you do, when you both want to have kids and are both dedicated to it, it's challenging. Oh, like yeah. These, they're not easy. That's it's true. a total lifestyle change. They're and wonderful and they bring you so much joy, but you both need have to, to be, be on board here. Yeah. And yeah. So I think even on the most practical level, like... Oh, you might say, oh, well, it's a different, like he's kind of open, but you know, da, da, da. no, girl, 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 girl. Like, when did this relationship start all, Sandra? I think like as when they started filming Selling Sunset. So that so, was a few years ago? No, 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 no. Um, It was literally like, I think like this year, like they just, they just filmed it and they just released the latest season. I, I don't watch it. Oh, so it's hard for okay. me to say, but okay. Um, anyway. Okay. Moving on. Um, okay. Jennifer Gardner's boyfriend finally meets her kids. So they've been dating for three years. Um, and you know, Jennifer Gardner and Ben Affleck, they have, um, they were, they were married and this is, these are her children from her relationship with Ben Affleck. Um, so in real life, um, how long should you wait to introduce your family to your significant other? And also, what about your kids? Mm-hmm. So I know a lot of our listeners, um, so, uh, I, I think kind of a small portion already have children, but a lot of our listen, a lot of our listeners don't have kids yet um, if they're single. Um, so let's talk about first family. How long should you wait to then introduce family into the equation? Hmm. Well, we say waiting three months before making the relationship exclusive. Mm-hmm. And I definitely wouldn't recommend 
introducing any families before that exclusivity boyfriend, girlfriend title is given to the relationship. And I also say that it's better for them to let the man lead with these things after Mm -hmm. that three month mark. So it's better for the woman to meet the man's family first, and then you can just take your time. I really advise not getting your families ingrained in your relationship because that makes any breakup that so much much more difficult. Oh, Mm -hmm. it makes it so hard. You guys. Oh my God. Right. And then with kids, we know coming from uh, our parents. Wait, wait, can I give my opinion on this? Oh, first sure, before sure, we sure, go sure. Kids? Of course. So my opinion on this is wait, honestly, wait as long as possible. Like, I, I think that there are certain families that it's just more casual to meet the family. But, and like, especially, I feel like, especially in the West Coast, it's like a very casual thing. Like they're very casual with their family, but mm. I just, it's, it's yeah, so it's hard. True. I've been there so much. I've been there before and it's like, you meet the family, then you feel almost like you, it's it's not only that person then. You're also then thinking of the feelings of the mom, of the sisters, of the brothers, of the whole family. And it makes a breakup so much more difficult and yeah. so much harder. And it's just so hard. It's so freaking hard. And yeah. I don't know if anyone can learn from my mistakes of meeting families way too soon in a relationship and then just feeling, I already feel horrifically guilty if I ever have to break something off or if just something isn't right for me. And, but then adding that added guilt is just, oh my gosh, it's unbearable. It's the hardest thing. It makes an already impossible and difficult situation and painful situation, even that much more difficult, painful and horrific. So Mm -hmm. I just would say five months minimum Mm -hmm. of meeting the family. Like, even if you're like, oh my God, but I love, I really, really love this guy. Just wait, just wait, 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 wait. Like it's so, uh, it just complicates matters so much. And you just spend as much time as possible with the guy or with the woman before you get the family involved. Because if you, if you don't, and then things end, it's so hard. It's so hard. I I, I don't know how else to say it. I just, I agree with that also. Disclaimer warning. Like I know some people do it really soon. And for me, or if you're a sensitive person, um, if you're not a sensitive person, if, if it's like not that big of a deal for you, fine, do whatever you want. But if you have, if you're a sensitive person, like, and if you're an empath, um, and if you're highly sensitive and already are a people pleaser, then girl, wait, Ooh, wait, stay, wait. Away. stay away from the family until yeah. it's like, oh, I'm about to propose like, Hey, meet my family now. Right. Like that's what I right. ideally, that would be the situation. But I know that a lot of people are less formal. And uh, like I said, especially with West Coast families, they're a lot less formal than I feel like with East Coast families. It's like meeting the family is a very big deal and it's a very formal thing. I also think that at that point, a dad might be, and if, if your dad is in your life and in your picture, if you're a woman, especially, they're usually they would like to spend some time with a man who is about to ask for your hand in marriage. So I think at that point you can't, they can spend time together, whatever your dad, I would say just talking to your dad about what he wants and what would make him feel comfortable because some dads don't like the fact that I don't even know this guy and he's asking for your hand in marriage. I don't know what to say. That's why that might be good. Yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. I agree. I know it's, it, listen, I don't know how to explain this, but it's a catch 22 because obviously you would, it would be so nice to get to know the family. No, but before you want it, and I'm saying this is a very particular, the dad really wants to see if he, if he needs to, to warn the daughter about something. Remember we talked about just this male instinct yeah, men know. Men are really good judges of other men. And, but I also, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, yeah, that's, I, that's something that I think that the listeners, something that we've come to know is that a lot of times men can be really good judges of other men. And if they are not feeling comfortable or safe with a guy, like this is a huge red flag because other men should 
it should kind of be like, oh yeah, like this is a really good guy. Like you want that stamp of approval from other men that you respect. If you don't respect, you know, obviously if these are sleaze bags, they're obviously not going to like, you know, they're not going to approve of, of a good guy, but you do want that stamp of approval. So I think like bringing the guy around other men that you respect and seeing what their take on him is a really good, it's a good, instead of introducing him straight away to your dad, um, if, if you're more formal, what about kids, Christina? So, um, so you're dating somebody, how long until wait to meet the kids as I would children say, of divorced parents? I feel like we kind of have experienced this firsthand. Yeah. And I would say it would have to be someone you're really serious about. Definitely way past the exclusivity thing that has to be in, but you have to be considering proposing if you're the dad proposing to this woman soon. And if you're the woman, it has to be a man who is, is talking to you about proposing. I, I just, I really think it's, it's important. It's so important. You don't want your kids to be seeing multiple boyfriends and girlfriends coming in and out. But then once you do get to that point of, this is someone who has made really serious intentions. We've spent a lot of time together. I I trust this person that takes time, that takes months. Background checked him. Right. Then I would see how that person is around, acts around your kids. Mm -hmm. And, and even after the, yeah, I would see that before even proposing because how do you, yeah. Family dynamic is really just trying to see how they treat your kids yeah. And then talking to that person saying my children are probably after God, the most important things in the most important part of my life. And yeah. I want to be with someone who cherishes my children and makes them feel cherished, loved like your own child. Mm-hmm. That is, I cannot marry you unless you have that attitude and if you don't have it now, something that you're willing to grow with and go yeah. make your own, which takes time and you spending time with a child, that I would say is a deal breaker. Oh yeah. Deal breaker. Because you end up screwing up the kids if yeah, you, you do. invite somebody into, into your life that doesn't accept your kids. And especially I think this is even more essential when you have kids that are in their developmental phases. So Mm. if they're still living at home with you, this is essential. I mean, it's obviously an added bonus when the kids are gone. If you, you know, you meet a man who like embraces the family as your own, but you know, if your kids are like 25 or 30, they have their own lives, they're living on their own. It's like, of course they're still number one priority, but it's, it's, it's not quite as, um, it's not quite as forming. Um, but I definitely, yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's such a deal breaker. It's so essential that to have those discussions and it's an ongoing conversation and to say like this, because you are, you know, whether you like it or not, you know, the kids are going to be affected. Um, so I completely agree. I think waiting, um, waiting is really important. I think until you discern this person's character with clear eyes. Yes. And then once you do introduce them to the kids, it is, especially if the kids are living at home with you, there is that second layer of like, okay, like how is how is this going to affect my children? And is this a safe and a healthy situation where they're going to feel loved and, you know, embraced mm-hmm. um, by this person that's coming in? So I think it, it does, it does complicate dating. Um, and I would talk to your kids about this too. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to your kids about it. Talk to the kids about how they're feeling. Yes. A lot of time kids don't, and a lot of times kids really want you to be happy, yeah. but you have to see what their reactions are and really discern if it's, if they're acting out because they want you to be back with your ex-husband or ex-wife, or if they might have some truth in what they're saying, and then you can discern. From discern. Yeah. A hundred percent, Christina. I think that's really good advice. I think 
Yeah. Any, I mean, anywhere between a year is great. Like if you can wait a year, um, if it's less, I mean, nothing under five or six months, nothing, nothing under that, nothing under that kids are even kids, uh, in, in their uh, all the way up to their, once they're out of the house, I think it's, they're very palpable and their futures and the way that they view themselves, the way that they view relationships can, and will be very much affected. Yes. And um, even if they're in college and still coming back for those breaks, that's still, I would still have that conversation that I mentioned continuing in the beginning. The conversation. It's the only, if they're out of the house, they have jobs, they have their own apartments, they have their own families, whatever it is that it may not be as important to have that extreme, that not stream, but that really important specific yeah. talk. Yeah, definitely. Love that. Christina, thank you. That was beautiful. Okay. All right, let's go on to our next segment. Sisterly advice. Every week we answer a listener's burning question and every week we give them advice that only your sister would give you. Good evening, Christina. I am curious if you could share with me or send me an educational resource on how I should choose between two women I'm getting to know. Thanks. From hashtag decisions. I'm going to be pretty quick with this, this advice. And I think that we've talked about waiting until you three months before making a relationship exclusive. And that means you can date multiple people at the same time as you're getting to know them and taking time to learn about them, seeing if they are compatible with your faith and your goals of having children, of getting married, if your personalities interact well together. There are many components that go into a successful relationship. Also, are you excited to see that person? Are you excited to plan a date? with that person? How does that person feel about you? Do you sense that they are wanting to spend time with you or constantly giving you excuses why they can't go on dates with you? Or are they wrapped up with another, maybe they're a workaholic or they're not ready for a relationship? At that point, at that three-month mark, you will know the truth about those. And then you just have to continue. I would say as you're doing this, continue praying have a really strong prayer life. Let your faith guide you with and and speak to the Lord openly. Talk to him about your and decisions. If you're, what about somebody who isn't Christina uh, Catholic? Like who, somebody who isn't talking to the Lord, you know? Like what if they're Jewish or what if they're Muslim? They're talking well, to Allah. Well, yes. Well, God, they're speaking <laughs> if to If they're God. speaking to Allah. <laughs> but what if they, what if they're not, Speaking to like, what if they're not religious in any way? If they're Should not they religious, feel- well, I know this bachelor who wrote in is religious, so that's why I'm specifically okay. catering it towards. I know, him. but I want to also open it to people who are maybe not as um, not our our religious listeners, right? They can just they can th- see how they're feeling. Yes, they're well, feeling there's something and called how they're guided, right? So there are different there's this is a spiritual it's discernment and it's, it is a spiritual process. Yeah. So you have to pay attention to if this person is most often bringing you feelings of negativity or bringing you feelings of more peace and happiness and joy. Yeah. So it's, that is discernment in a nutshell. There's Ignatian spiritual exercises that you can look up that will bring, I hate them. I hate them. I hate Ignatian discernment. I did it. I hate it. I personally hate it. I hate discernment. Alexander, I, don't I know, know it's necessary. Hate it, but it's painful. Sometimes. I hate pros and cons lists because I can convince <laughs> yeah. myself of either way. And I just feel like for some people that works really well, but for other people, it's it's torturous, in my opinion. Right. I prefer, honestly, what my I love what you said. Does this person bring me more joy or more pain? Am I like the Samantha Jones? Am I more like, ha, huh, smiling yes. or this? And also there is an inner guidance. I think, you know, I think when you, when you silence your mind, when you can just kind of try to sit and meditate. And even if like, it's like, if you're not spiritual, if you're not religious, whatever, just sit in silence and ask, exactly. ask what is, you know, what's the route? Where should, how should I be led? You know, which, where, which way should I go? And, you know, right. but it takes time discernment. And sometimes you can discern and think you made an amazing decision, but then realize 
Oh no. But that is also a part of Ignatian spirituality. That's part of discernment. It's a part of discernment. That's actually, <laughs> they even say that, that sometimes you may have to, you know, reevaluate if, you know, it's not the best decision. Oh, Lord knows. I've just made so many horrific decisions, but I guess they're not horrific. You have to, I have to look back at any decision that I made as it helped me grow, which is so annoying, but it's don't okay. I can't a, be annoyed at growth. Don't you I have know, a quote on wow. your Instagram? <laughs> about every decision that you've ever made was the right decision. What if every decision that you've ever made is the right decision? And it's true. It is. It is. It is. It's just Uh, hard when things are painful. I disagree with that. No, every single decision that you ever made was the right ones. They were Christina. Everyone has a different journey. It doesn't mean that everyone is going to make perfect linear decisions. No, no, no. no, I don't mean that. I don't mean that. You grow. Okay. You are someone who you're trying to grow. Imagine someone, if you say that quote to someone who's choosing particularly bad behaviors, for instance, one of those F boys, that every decision he makes is that the right one to continue. But who knows, this is maybe his journey of what he'll, he needs to have these, you can never make a decision that's not right and not suffer consequences from it. It doesn't, that's not, you will always suffer consequences. Some will come immediately. Some will come years down the line. Okay. Either whatever happens, if it is not in line with your higher self or the path that is going to lead you to where you're supposed to be, it's it, it, things are going to be shooken up. Okay. That's why it's not wrong. It's just like, that's right. why that navigation, it's like a navigation system. You may be okay, maybe you go right when it's saying, please make a left. And then you're like, no, 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 screw you. I'm making a right. And then you crash into a building. (laughs) Yeah. And you crash into a building, but maybe, maybe on the, but then you can always readjust and get back onto that, a different path. And it might take a little longer. It might be a little detour, but that will then bring you guidance for the rest of your journey. So then as you're continuing to go and you're like, Oh, there's a ice cream shop on the left. But then you're like, wait, wait, Oh my gosh, I'm lactose intolerant. I totally forgot. How did I forget that I was lactose intolerant? And then you're like, no, no, no. I remember because last time I made a left, I went to the ice cream shop and then I vomited for three hours after. Right. So right. it's just all, it's like, Alessandra, it's but informing. this is from a person and that, I would say for someone who's growth oriented, growth mindset. Yeah. If someone is wanting to follow God's path for his or her life, that is something that I, yes, that's what you're talking about. I'm saying that that statement that you have on your Instagram isn't always true for everyone because sometimes people don't get a chance to make another decision. If they, I disagree though. I think I, what if they choose and they die because of that? Well, because, well, then that, I guess it's all goes back to your belief system. And that was their journey in this lifetime. Like, you know what I mean? Like that, for whatever reason, that was their journey. Like that, I don't know. I don't know the answer to all of that. I know, but I just, it's, I just don't want people to know that. Not well, all they're going to make their are... own decision, Christina, and people know. Okay. Like, okay. But you can't say that all decisions are good because that's just not true. Some people I'm make not bad saying decisions. they're good. They're good. I'm saying they're right for that person. They like, because if it's, I any... just, I just disagree with you. Okay. Okay. Well, it is what it is. We have a, I disagree. We have, we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> Whatever. So you can only, make... you only know what you know. And if you, if that's it, you only know, no, no, right. That's what of I course, of course. But if you know, something's bad and you still choose it, that's a wrong decision, but the word, okay, whatever. It's fine. Let's move on. I hate, I hate <laughs> deciding and discernment questions. It is so triggering for me. And I told you it would be triggering for me, Christina. Okay. So it's fine. It's, it is what it is. I, I answered as best as I could. Okay. So let's move on to, we couldn't help but wonder. <laughs> Ma! Okay. As sisters, we grew up watching Sex in the City. Now, as personal matchmakers in 2022, we are living in a very different dating landscape than the ladies once were. In this segment, we debate each question that Carrie couldn't help but wonder episode by episode through today's lens. And this is season four, episode seven, Time and Punishment. Ooh, it's a 
pun on the Dostoevsky novel Crime and Punishment, one of my favorite novels. Oh, okay. So the little recap. Um, the question? Do you want to read the question? Oh, Carrie couldn't help but wonder. Can you ever really forgive if you can't forget? Oh, gosh. So Carrie is now back with Aiden, um, but then she gets a phone call from Big and Aiden hears it. And um, okay, so there's that. Charlotte um, is now deciding that she wants to be a mom and just be in society life. And she wants to quit her job at the art gallery. And she interviews all these potential um, potential employees that will succeed her successor, her be successors for her. Um, okay. Oh, yes. That, uh, so then Samantha, uh, get, gets a cab. Like they, 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 there's this cab situation. She ends up meeting this guy, Brad. He then, um, tells her that she needs to wax herself. Um, and then, oh yes, Miranda falls and like strains her neck. Oh no, no. She, yes, she strains her neck and she's wearing like she's naked. And then she calls Carrie. Um, and then Aiden comes over to rescue her and, and Samantha and, and, um, Miranda was naked and she feels like, yeah, she feels so just like Carrie, why didn't you come for me? And very lonely. Um, and then Aiden then, Oh my God, this scene, I almost killed Aiden. I literally almost strangled Aiden. Aiden goes to a bar and is hitting on the, 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 the bartender and Carrie, um, because Carrie and Aiden have just gotten back together. Carrie cheated on Aiden with big and they're, they're back together now. So like, you know, and and Aiden accepted Aiden said, okay, I'll get back together with you. But she goes to the, to this bar where Steve is at and she meets the bartender and Steve is hitting on the bartender and she's beautiful. Steve or Aiden? Aiden, Aiden, Aiden. I'm so sorry. Aiden, Aiden, okay. Aiden hits on the bartender. Aiden is hitting on the bar. They're, they're like playing a game of some kind and Carrie's like, this is really awkward and what in the world and what is happening. And then she finally tells Aiden, like, you have to forgive me. Like if we're going to move on in this relationship, you have to forgive me. Like you have to forgive me. It's, it's, and, and, and she's like, what was that? Like, what, what are you doing? Like clearly flirting with another woman. And it was just, um, Aiden was, was retaliating in that. Um, and then, Mm. um, yeah. So yeah, that, so there's that. And then, um, and then Miranda and Steve, oh God, date Miranda. Oh, never mind. Actually that was from last week. Okay. So that is the episode. So Christina forgiving and forgetting, how does that pan out when it comes to people that let's go back to people who make mistakes, Mm -hmm. Carrie sleeping with Aiden, bad decision, Bad decision. Mm-hmm. That would definitely fall under the category of something that would be considered objectively a bad decision. Yes, yes. And but Carrie is trying to amend her life and mm-hmm. make better decisions. Something that there's a and for, ask a, for forgiveness. Right. There's a a nonprofit group. I think it's nonprofit. It's called Integrity Restored mm-hmm. and it helps they help couples who have gone mm-hmm. through cheating or porn addictions or mm-hmm. anything like that that would really really devastate a marriage or a relationship. And I know that they have just beautiful results from people going through their programs and a lot of healing. Mm-hmm. through that. So I would say it's very difficult to forgive and forget if there isn't just a process that you go through mm-hmm. together when there's something as massive as a cheating situation like yeah. Carrie and Aiden had. I completely agree, Christina. I think that in a relationship, if you're going to do a second chance, Um, there has to be major, major um, upheaval and growth and work done from both partners. Exactly. Both partners. 
Um, because if something exploded, it was not just one person, but a lot of times, like with this, it was Carrie, like she was the one who did it. Um, and, but exactly. I think that it's almost like she asked for forgiveness, but so somebody could do something and ask for forgiveness, but it's also very hard. I completely understand actually where Aiden's coming from, even though I don't think that justifies his behavior of of actively flirting with somebody, but I do understand being very reticent to accept, to trust Mm -hmm. again, because when your trust has been betrayed when a betrayal has occurred like you said unless there is like 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 listen i'm in either i'm in therapy or i'm you know i'm doing this program this five step program or i'm doing xyz to make sure that i can be better and to show up for you that's how you can rebuild but if none of that is is being done and you're just kind of basing it off of how the person's showing up now and also their past behavior, it's very difficult to forgive and forget. It's very difficult. Um, I also heard psychologically for every one negative thing or negative thing somebody does, they have to do five positive things to win back the favor of somebody else or to kind of um, nullify, uh, to to lessen the blow of that one of that one kind of bad thing. So that's like psychology based, but yeah. It's true. Listen, forgiving and forgetting is really challenging. Yeah. Even in 2020, 2022. Oh my God. 2020. People are much more sensitive than Mm -hmm. they give, they think. And they, people think nowadays, really, there's just so much incense people thinking, oh yeah, we could just do that and it will be fine. And we can do, it's ENM. It's, it's fine. We're ethically What's non-monogamous. EN- oh, kill me. <laughs> right. It's fine. Kill it's fine. There's, it's totally dulling of the sensitivities, but people mm-hmm. are sensitive. And even in just little things, you have to pay attention that even if you make a negative comment to your husband or your wife, it's going to have a toll on them. It's going to take a toll on them. So yeah, just you have being to cognizant about that. Give them five positive comments. If you make one negative comment and you do, you have to five. If you're mean, minimum in a mean, in your mean, just to, because you're in a bad mood, that if there's something you have to bring up to that person, that's a different story. You can do it in a nice way, but if you're mean, that's, you're going to have to pay. Yeah. (laughs) True. (laughs) Okay. Let's move on to catching up with the condies on that. (laughs) You guys, sorry. We're so doom and gloom today and argumentative combative condies. It's okay. I sent you a, a video of Austin parodying that quote on your Instagram. So, oh my gosh. I can't with you. You're such a naysayer. <laughs> You're such a hater. Okay. So catch up. Actually, tonight I am going to a an amazing event. It's a <gasps> it's actually mm. a Catholic charities, it's a Cuban extravaganza night where there's going to be a live salsa band, I think, and a performance, and there's going to be Cuban food and dancing and I'm really excited. It's a charity gala type event. I will be doing that tonight. And anything else that has been going on with me, Alessandra? I don't think so. Mm. I don't know. Um, When are you on trending again? I'm not sure. I don't know. I'm, I, it's good. Mm -hmm. I, I kind of, I'm so busy with other things and now trending is at 7 PM my time. So it's not Mm -hmm. like it's during my work schedule. So I love doing it, but it's more of if they want me, I, I don't, I'm not trying to, yeah, I get it to make my workload heavier than it already is because as we know, it's as high as it can be. (laughs) It's, it's at capacity. Um, no, I love that Christina. 
Um, I guess with me, so definitely, like I said, I'm so excited about our new Us Weekly show um, called Love Lives. We didn't film it this week because there was a producer issue, um, but next week we'll be back um, and it's on the Us Weekly YouTube channel and I believe on the Us Weekly website as well. Um, and that's been really fun to do all about celebrity relationships and all of that. So really, really fun. Um, also... I, oh my gosh, I actually just got the NDA that I have to sign and I can't really say anything else about it, but I'm going to be the matchmaker for this new TV show and it is pretty big. So I'm excited about it. It's behind the scenes, I believe, but I'm going to tell them obviously that I'm very comfortable on camera. (laughs) So, you know, you know me, you guys. Um, So I'll just tell them like, I'm super comfortable on camera. (laughs) The Um, next thing our listeners see will be a billboard of you. (laughs) Billboard, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I'm really, really excited about that. And, um, And yeah, I also started a women's empowerment group. And that's just been, it's not related to work at all, but I just, it's been so amazing. And we have been meeting weekly and I've just, I'm like so excited about it. It's brought me so much joy in my life and it's brought me these new lovely women. And I just love like women supporting women. It's the way to go. It's just so essential. Awesome. Did you want to lead in with your affirmation? Oh, yes. 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 Okay. So you guys, I want you to pause whatever you're doing and I want you to take two deep breaths with us. Okay. In two, three, four, pulled two, three, four, out two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. One more time. In two, three, four, Hold two, three, four, exhale two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Um, and now the affirmation that I want you guys to use today. Um, oh, I'm so sorry, you guys. I'm I'm grabbing it right now. Maybe I can maybe I can guess what what? Oh, every day I am amazing. What's okay. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that, Christina. Um, (laughs) I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just cracking up. Oh my gosh. Okay. (laughs) Okay. So actually it's going to be this. (laughs) My life gets more fabulous every day. I look forward to what each new hour brings. My life gets more fabulous every day. I look forward to what each new hour brings. Mm, That's a good one. So look at yourself in the mirror and say that like 70 times. I'm just keep repeating (laughs) that. And it will happen. I promise you. It's true. You have to train your freaking brain, kids. (laughs) Train it! (laughs) Okay, well, maybe you can train your... Brain in another way with classics with Christina. And I would, I'm going to have Sanditon be my classic for people to read. Great. It's Jane Austen's unfinished novel that I mentioned in the beginning. So we'll just mm-hmm. wrap up the podcast with what we talked about in the beginning. It's an amazing beginning of a novel. And just Jane Austen's work is so important to read because of the real relationships that she portrays in there. She's not giving false senses of things. She shows men as men often behave and what good kind of men often behave, what bad kind of men often behave. Mm -hmm. Same thing with women. So it's just very realistic and it's a good way to, to train yourself for the dating world. Great. Love it. Amazing. Okay. You guys, thank you so much for, um, staying with us today and this was such a fun episode and you guys I'm sorry we are sisters so that's why we can be a bit caustic with each other I wonder if um, they get a bit uncomfortable when we argue thicker a little bit I hope I don't you know. don't I know we love guys. each other we when we bicker it's more just because we care about the other person <laughs> we want the other person to see to... things the way that we see them <laughs> 
basically. We still love each other. Yeah, we still love each other. Okay. Well, you guys, we love you so much. And you can always reach out, find us on Instagram at Matchmaker Alessandra Conti, at Matchmaker Christina Pineda. Um, and follow me on TikTok at Matchmaker Alessandra. And we just had a client go viral. So I have to create a TikTok video about that right now. He gave us permission. Um, so that will be really fun. Um, yeah, but anyway, check that out, everyone. Yes, if you uh, want to potentially oh be gosh. matched with him, Alessandra will be posting something about Catholic that. So send in women. Yes, send Catholic. in your info if you want to be matched with him. We are looking. Yeah, he's so cute. He went he's viral. Am- I, oh, we yeah, he's amazing. He went viral on TikTok because his Hinge profile was so clever. And then the girl just made a new video saying, I really want to date. I want to go on a date with him. If anyone can get in contact with him, please let me know. So enter his matchmaker. So anyway, he just signed the agreement. So I'm going to make a video like ASAP. I wish I looked better today. My gosh, my hair is like mop city. That's why you love you affirmations. It's true. I am beautiful. I am beautiful. (laughs) I am beautiful. I look beautiful and young all the time. My youth increases every day. Okay. With that, we will leave you wonderful (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Okay. Bye, you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Dating in the City. For more information on how to be matched by one of our matchmakers, visit www.matchmakersinthecity.com.